Hi everyone and welcome to the Friday show, um, the show where we basically pretty much talk about anything of a footballing matter um, and then we move on to preview the Newport game. If it's an unfamiliar voice to you, it, I'm Steve Tudor, I'm hosting for today, um, hence the amateurish introduction and I am joined today by the one and only Mr Howard Hocking. How are you Howard? Uh, I'm fine thank you, yeah not bad, the sun's out. So, and it's mild, what more could you ask for? Yep, well, I was just saying off air before the pod, as we were setting up, the sun's blazing through the window and was making me feel somewhat sleepy. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to help then, am I? So. Well, apologies for any listeners. Um, if I sound a bit dopey, that is the reason. Um, the, the fine weather, the best reason of <laughs> no, all. Never satisfied, are we? So. <laughs> no, no, there's always a downside to everything. So, let's begin with a subject that's been doing the rounds this week. Uh, I've written about it myself. Um, the sensational form of Sergio Aguero um, has led many, including Match of the Day pundits last weekend, to query whether the Argentine is the Premier League's greatest ever striker. Um, now, you said to me on Twitter earlier... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you 100% on this, uh, that you're not a fan of comparisons and... The same could be said for me too. I mean, I think the most boring aspect in all of football is who is better between Lionel Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, and I think this is in a similar vein. But having said that, I do believe that in the past 12 months, Aguero's stock has ri- risen to such an extent, because obviously he was already an established great of the Premier League. Um, but now I believe he really is on that plateau, on that kind of, you know, the elite Plateau um, alongside um, Alan Shearer and Thierry Henry. Um, firstly, w- would you go along with that? Just those two, then. Uh, yes. Well, uh, would you add? A, would you add any more? Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say now probably not. No, but there's a few right. honourable mentions, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, second hate is combined elevens. By the way, I'm just <laughs> that is it. I'm, I'm off the internet then. <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing my, inter- my router out the window when I see them. Uh, yeah, no, the problem with this one, they are kind of, you look at those three, they're very, three very different players in a way, aren't they? Mm. Obviously, Henri was a, a reinvented wide player in a way, uh, who, you know, pace, poise, and just glided across the pitch fast, far faster than he appeared to be. Uh, I think someone said somewhere else this week, Aguero is short, explosive, uh, and Shearer, well, he's just yeah. Well, he's, he was more than an old-fashioned, you know, f- big man at the, you know, big man up top. He, uh, but he could, you know, could do it all. Brilliant header, fearsome shot, and he did it for well, about eighteen years in the in the Premier League. So with he, injuries as well, hmm? with yeah. some serious injuries thrown in. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that that's part of it as well with Aguero. Aguero's never far away from having some injuries, but nothing that's you know curtailed him for his career so to speak Henri I can't remember but in my mind seems to have had a better run of things Uh, how do you rank them well I can't (laughs) we all pick our own I mean I love all three of them yeah the three of the greats and yeah I love Shearer as a footballer because he could score you any type of goal and all Aguero could put yeah he's scored headers but it's not our style to score headers you know he's not Obviously, a small guy, anyway, but and so he's a different type of player. And 
just the poise and the finishing and the one-on-ones is where, you know, I think of Henri on a one-on-one and you think, well, he's scoring. Like, there's no one better like that. Or, you know, once he got going, once he got running at a defender, he was the one, the man you'd want, really. How do you rank him? I don't, well, if, you know, if I'm going to pick Aguero, it's what you've hinted at in the introduction is that because he's reinvented himself the last two years... There's a very strong argument that, you know, what is he, 30? That he's at his peak now, not when he was 27, uh, but right now. And for the extra things he's doing in his game, and, you know, there was rumours he was falling out with Pep, and we ourselves as fans worried, well, you know, he's there to score goals. Don't make him get running around and leading the line. You'll take away from his game, but he's come through that, and he's just, he's better than ever now. Now, if, you know, we could go off. There's another argument again. Are we just talking about their Premier League years, or are we talking about their career as a whole? Because of course, Chira was just Premier League, but Aguero surprised me. He, I think he'd had over 200 games by the time he came to City. He was only 23. You know, I remember his baby face. Oh, he's still baby faced now, <laughs> but he was so baby faced when he came to us, and yet he'd already racked up 200 appearances. And unlike someone like Rooney, who you know, shone very young, very brightly, very young, and then burnt out. At 30, he's still doing it. And that's what yeah. puts it above Rooney for me, who at his peak was as good as it got in the Premier League. But I don't think he quite kept it going. And I think his form faltered, even whilst he was at United for quite a long time. Uh, I think that's what takes him off out of the top three. You've got players like Drogba and Suarez, who have lit up the Premier League, but not over a seven, eight-year period like the three we've just mentioned. So again, if we're talking Premier League, they don't feature for me. But if you look at the career, then there's arguments for Suarez, perhaps, you know, who's performed at top level for a long time. Uh, marks off for eating people and that other unsavory, <laughs> other unsavory stuff we won't go into. Uh, how much of a, how much is a, a factor of um, what you can project onto a player? What I mean by that, for example, is you know um, Suarez shouldn't be included. I completely agree because of the short amount of time that he spent in the Premier League. However, we can say with absolute certainty that had he played over a, a 10 or 12 year period over Premier League, we would be talking about him alongside Shearer and Henry and, and Aguero. So is that a factor or is that, you, you, can you, do you have to discount that? No, you have to discount, yeah. If he'd been here, then, you know, take enough bands and stuff, then he'd probably have enough time to to figure on this, but he wasn't, so we can't because we're talking okay, about the greatest yeah. Premier League striker. I mean, you know, we could put Weyer into that because he was really good before he came to City. But wasn't, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, it's what you've done in the Premier League, essentially. So, yeah. you know, that is, I think, the discussion we're having. And, we, we you know, the stats that brought up are Premier League and Aguero's. So, yeah, there's been injuries, so you can't just do it. It's not just about stats, is it? He's not going to catch Shearer, but he won't have the games of Shearer. Shearer had, 559 Premier League games, which is astonishing. But I don't even yeah. believe it, even though I've read it. 283 games. Uh, goals, Aguero's on 229, of course. Now, goals per minute, Aguero is now just edging top of the pile. But it's not just about stats, is it? You know, Bergkamp was a beautiful, you know, a wonderful player. Uh, but as a, he's not a pure striker, so I don't think he can come on the list. You know, he's just got 87 goals. It's well, so I, I, it's so close with these three. I, yeah, I've, uh, I think you pick your own in a way, don't you? Uh, Arsenal fans will obviously go for Henri, and I won't try and argue against them. And I wouldn't try 
a passionate argument against Shearer or Aguero. They are the standout three for me, with Rooney just below. I, I go along with that. I, I, the only thing I slightly disagree with is um, your diminishment of stats. I think in this regard, generally speaking, I'd be with you, yeah. but I think in this regard, when, you, when you're talking about strikers, the metric upon which they have to be based on um, is goals. Um, and that's why Shearer, I mean, you know, his his strike rate was phenomenal and over such a consistent period of time. But yeah. then you look at Aguero, I mean, here's some stats to, to throw at you. He has, and, and this is actually shows what an all-round player he's become as well. He's recently completed 200 goal involvements for a single club. Mm. So, you know, goals and assists. Um, and there's only four other players who have done that in the Premier League. Oh, sorry, five in the Premier League. And when you go through the names... And, you know, you're talking now Aguero is in that established elite. Uh, Rooney, Lampard, Gerrard, Henri and Giggs. Yeah. Um, he has scored 24 in his last 16 starts. Um, the, the most incredible stat, which I refuse to believe because it just sounds so bizarre, in, since January 2018, so for 13 months, yeah. Aguero scored a hat-trick every six Premier League starters. Wow. Nice. I mean, that's just incredible isn't it yeah um and and like you say his 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 ratio is superior to that of shearers so i do think these are significant factors um and i think stats do come into it quite significantly so um when we're talking about strikers but generally speaking i'm completely with you mate i I think it's so hard to compare the three they are different type of strikers um Henri to Shearer alone is is just a debate that there is no conclusion to. I would say that Aguero possibly is a mixture of the two. Um, Shearer was that you know traditional number nine. Uh, I know at face value you could say the same for Aguero, but he does have a lot more to his game, a lot more trickery, a lot more kind of the ability to take on a defense single handedly in the same vein as Henri. Yeah. Um, but whenever these comparisons come up or these discussions come up, I always take the same singular thought process, which is it doesn't matter. No. <laughs> they are absolutely, you know, talk like this is redundant. It, it means nothing. And ultimately, we should just sit back and feel blessed for seeing players of this, this caliber playing English football. I mean, the last 15 years, we've seen Thierry Henry, we've seen Alan Shearer. And we've seen Sergio Aguero. And, oh man, I mean, at their peak, they are just at a level where you think, I'm going to be telling my grandchildren about these players. So, um, yeah. yeah. And at City, about five of them. Yeah, ten of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. With with City, it's actually going to be a case of, you know, sit down, son. I've got a lot of players to go through here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, not least David Silva. You know, every time I see Silva, that's what I always think of. I always think, God, I can't wait to tell my grandchildren about this player because I'm just going to bore them stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the caveat to a lot of the stats, obviously, the flat track bully is often wheeled out. uh, But Aguero's record against top six is Uh, consistent with anywhere else. Uh, Shearer did his anterior cruciate ligament and scored 96 in 117 after that in the next three seasons. So, yeah, he's one who literally yeah, just came back and still kept doing it. Uh, I, would, I, I think would that say was the that... second time because, yeah, 
I think he'd had ankle ligament as well. Uh, oh, yeah, he, he had some serious ones. Well, yeah. There's a number of them. Just, just the one key point is, you know, the one thing that sets Aguero apart is the small point that he still played. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, can't, we can't put Harry Kane on this list because, well, you know, we'll, we'll talk about him in 12 years' time. Uh, he's still playing. Uh, where, where will he get on that list? We don't know. We don't know what's to come. It's hard to be definitive when, you know, one of the three players hasn't retired yet. Uh, we're assuming that you know his career does the same thing for two years and then he goes back to Argentina, but we don't know, do we? So yeah, uh, yeah. So that's just to uh, finish off on on Shearer. I, I'm not suggesting that he's underrated. Um, of course, he's not underrated. We all appreciate the kind of player he was. But would you say perhaps that because he's English, we've took him for granted? Um, and you know, if he if he had been say Argentinian or, or kind of Spanish or Italian, um, we would rate him perhaps higher than he is rated. Uh, I don't. No, I don't think so. I think. I think it's who he played for in a way that. Yeah. If yeah, we, if we, yeah. Because you know he chose Newcastle and you know they went close to glory, but because he hasn't got the the medals to back him up after he left Blackburn, maybe that's what triggers people to, you know, they look at trophies a lot, don't they? And it's mm. not that simple in a team game. And he made his choice, and I don't think he regrets it, you know, you'd have to ask him that. But because, you know, if he, he hasn't got the, the wealth of medals that a lot of United players during that period will, maybe that is what is held against him. But, as yeah. I said, it's not an individual sport, it's a team sport. If he'd gone to United, he would have scored a lot of goals as well, and, and won a lot of medals, but he'd still have been the same player, so... I think well, he is appreciated. I mean, the, you just have to look at the stats once and then, you know, it's laid out in front of you, really, his, his contribution. That's the thing. There is a counter-argument to that, isn't it? Although I agree completely what you say, um, you could also put forward the view that had Shearer gone to Old Trafford, maybe, you know, his, and his goal-scoring um, record remained the same yeah. throughout his career, uh, it might be somewhat... Uh, undermined by the fact that he played for Manchester United, he created you know numerous chances and all the rest of it. The fact that he had this goal-scoring record at Newcastle actually makes it even a greater achievement um, and worthy of, of more kind of acclaim than than he gets. But I mean, I only say this because when I looked into doing the article and I brought all the stats up and all the rest of it, it was Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, obviously I'm aware of how good Alan Shearer was, mm. but it, they jolt. They actually jolt you these figures. You think this is a fella who you know should be right up there. You know, considered you know the superior of everyone, frankly, um, for in in his position in his role because he was just generally a, a phenomenal uh, uh, footballer. So anyway, but again, we'll yeah, just on. one final point. Yeah, as I said at the beginning, you've got three players with different careers as well. So just to just to wrap up on Aguero, well, for me anyway. So he scored twenty three and fifty four for Indi. Pendiente, and he scores 74 in 175 appearances for mm. Atletico Madrid before he got to City, uh, Sergio yeah. Aguero. And obviously Thierry Henry was at Monaco as well and less of an influence at Juventus. So those two, have, you know, by not being English, of course, have, have had, you know, some, a lot of their stats are outside the Premier League. So that's why we kind of use averages sometimes. But they'll yeah. obviously never, you know, Shearer was just, Three teams, eighteen years in the Premier League, so it 
I don't think he'll be beaten for many decades, his stats, to be honest. No, I think if I remember rightly, I might be wrong here, but I think he scored a hat-trick on his debut as well when he was 17, Shearer. Yeah. Um, so he just started as he meant to go on, didn't he? But Aguero's debut game, came on a sub, scored two, and of course, yeah. at the end of the season, scored the greatest goal ever. So it was a debut season, you know. Oh, God, yeah. What an yeah. astonishing way to well, introduce his, yourself. Well, his assist... That assist for um, for Silver as well in his debut, yeah. that was incredible yeah. too. So. so, yeah, so many ways to look at it. In this, so. Well, we'll move on. And with no Premier League fixtures this weekend, we're kind of diverting our gaze down towards the Championship. And the question for you, Howard Hocking, is this. Of the current top, top 12 in the Championship, those who have the most realistic chance of getting, gaining automatic promotion or the playoffs... From those 12, which three would you ultimately like to see back in the top flight and why? Oh, it's who I want to see, not who, who I think. Uh, not not who you think, who, who you want. Oh, well, answer it how you wish. No, it's, the second one's impossible because it's just back, you know, it's mental, this league. It's, it really uh, fascinating. is. Yeah. I mean, Leeds were, they won the other night or whenever at the weekend. I don't even know what day it is. Join the week. <laughs> it's join the week, wasn't they? But they don't. Yeah. But since he, since Bielsa stopped spying on other teams, he'd only won about two in seven. So <laughs> they were on a spiral. Norwich have just got uh, comfortably beaten. Join the week. You just never know what's going on with them. Sheffield United up and down. West Brom got a late equaliser. Bristol City have won nine on the road. But do we really think they'll go all the way? Probably not. Middlesbrough under Pulis. God knows, they might ball the way to the top. Uh, and I've got money on them to be promoted, so I have to support them. Uh, and again, Derby and Birmingham lost home to Bolton when they're making the charge. So you just, it's absolutely, you just can't call it. Leeds, <coughs> sorry, Leeds, with that three-point gap to third, are probably with 14 games to go, or they've probably got enough in them to, to get over the line. Uh, who I want to, well, it sounds... To be honest, I'm just thinking about, you know, what makes the, the league entertaining for me. I don't hate the, any of these clubs. I don't love them. You know, I've got, I'm supposed to hate Leeds, but I lived there for five years and they hate United. And let's be honest, <laughs> the Premier League would be a lot more... I don't even know why they hate each other. The Premier League would be a lot more interesting with Leeds United in it than yeah, Huddersfield definitely. Town. And that's not a dig at Huddersfield because what can you do? They've done a great job. Yeah, it's a brilliant run club who've done what they can, but Leeds will be more entertaining. Uh, so I do, just for the entertainment, I want Leeds to come up. And if you think, you know, if you go home and away, you probably bring that into your your thoughts. I'd love, you know, Villa, now they're not coming up, but yeah, the Sheffield Wednesdays and Notts Forest, those sort of teams, I'd love to see back up. Yeah. I can't see it there. Forest are ninth, they're the highest of that lot. I can't see that happening. So, again, Sheffield United, Norwich. I'd, yeah, the ones I really want are not going to come up. That's, I, I that's the thing. I like, you know, the old, the old, the big teams of 20 years ago. You know, if you, you've been to Villa Park and Hillsborough and, you know, gone and seen Forest, I'd just, yeah, I'd just like to see them in the, in the, in the top division. I'm, I'm, I'm not really, don't have strong feelings between the likes of Norwich, Sheffield United, West Brom or Bristol City. But I love Bristol, so if Bristol City came up, I'd like that as well. Well, it's Bristol my City second is favourite my... city. So, yeah, it, it, exactly the same with me. I, I would say though, um, you said uh, Forest and Villa aren't going to come up. 
I mean, Villa's um, seven points are off the playoffs, mm. and you know, with plenty of games left to play. There's one like sixteen games left to play, yeah. or fourteen, 14 games left to play. Is, yeah. yeah, so there's every chance. Um, well, Forest well, for already me, five off, so yeah, absolutely. They're they're just not behind. consistent enough. They've got to make that charge. Yeah, you could even go as far down as Swansea in twelve. Um, although you know that's more unlikely. But I mean, I'm, I'm with you on Leeds. Um, you have the fan base. Um, I always equate it to, you know, if, if you're looking at the fixtures, who are City playing, um, you know, at the end of the month, say, oh, right, we've got Leeds. Yeah. Great. A bit of excitement. Oh, it, it's Huddersfield. Oh, right, all right. You know, it's kind of, it, it just make it more exciting. And so, for them, for that reason, they're in. Norwich, for me, there was a recent trend on Twitter of people putting their perfect Premier Leagues up, their ideal Premier Leagues. And, what I noticed from looking at them all is you can gauge the age of the person who did it because essentially all they would do was putting up the Premier Leagues from their childhood. Um, and that's why Norwich made the grade for a lot of people because obviously they were in the inaugural uh, Premier League. So, and so the same goes for me, really. Uh, I've always really liked Norwich City. Yeah, I've always, I do like them. Yeah, and there's, not, there's nothing to dislike about them, really, um, apart from the distance if you're going... Uh, away, yeah, but the six-one away is one of the best away days I've ever been on. Ever. Yeah, and and they do tend to um, get whipped as well by City. So for that reason, yeah, let's have <laughs> Norwich back in. Uh, and yeah, just a entirely personal one for me, Bristol City. I've always liked Bristol as a city. Um, I've always kind of you know rooted for them, wanted them to do well. Um, and again, it's kind of really old school as well. When when yeah. I was a, a tiny boy. You know, your first Panini sticker album at Bristol City in there. Um, so, yeah, those three would be my choices. There's, there's none really I particularly dislike from all of them. No. There's just some who I'd find their return to be a somewhat boring, like Hull City. Yeah. If they came back, yeah, you know, West Brom, oh, great. You know, what, what do they offer? It's, we've seen them before. Um, you said there are clubs like that uh, and Middlesbrough. If Pulis was in charge, I don't want to see Pulis back. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but then again, you look at Derby, you think it'll be quite interesting to see Frank Lampard in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. Hey, yeah. And if you are, you know, home and away, and I don't want to, I am picking these choices around alcohol. Sheffield's a brilliant city. So. <laughs> no, Sheffield's a great away day. I mean, it's just I, it's I a, great, once, um, it's a great city. Leeds and Sheffield, uh, two places, great places to go. It's got brilliant pubs in Sheffield. So, <laughs> I, I once, I once um, puked on someone's shoes in the away end at Sheffield United. Um, so if you're listening, if you if you if you've forgotten about it till this point, you think, yeah, someone did puke on my shoes once. Like I, I can't remember when it was early nineties. <laughs> it was me, and I can only apologise. It was one of those things where it was a bright sunny day. I'd had a few pints beforehand, walked out the pub, and it just hit me. And then, yeah, not my finest hour. Yeah, and if you know. A few people know what Sheffield's pajama jump was. Will fully understand my points, and I'm not. What's that? What I'm is not, that? Oh, I'm not explaining it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you look it up yourself. I'll just put it that way. Sheffield pajama was it pajama jumps? Yeah, it's an old university thing. Right. Event. Okay. Yeah. That, w- that would not be allowed nowadays. Right. Was right. But, yeah. Okay, it- yeah, but Sheffield United again. Yeah. We've got a big kiss. I think that would be a great away day, just generally. So, uh, but as you say, a lot of them, I'd be happy with quite. A, yeah, looking at that list, I'd be happy with quite a lot of them. Just not Middlesbrough. Yeah. 
Just yeah. Just a Pulis there, to be honest. You know. It is just a Pulis thing. I mean, I went to Middlesbrough a couple of years ago. It's nowhere near as bad as you know, it's painted out to be, and the grounds are nice, nice surroundings. Uh, but yeah, I don't, the Pulis football would not want me to really travel that far for a game. Well, Middlesbrough inspired Blade Runner, didn't it? And that's says it all, really. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> shall we move on to Liverpool? If we must. Well, I feel the same way, but let's let's just touch on them because obviously they're not involved this weekend because they're not in the FA Cup, which they seem to or they're pretending to be delighted about. Um, but what strikes me is that Liverpool fans are looking at their fixture list until the season's end now, and they've basically pinpointed Spurs, Everton, and United as their big challenges. Get past them, they believe that you know the title is. A, a good possibility. What strikes me though is if they're facing a lot of relegation battling sides from now until May, uh, more so than City. Um, obviously, City have got them as well, but you know, with City, there's some mid-table ones in there. Liverpool have got an awful lot of of teams. To use the Andy Townsend phrase, in and around the bottom three. Um, could this be a defining factor in the, in the title race? Because you get closer to May, and suddenly, if you're playing Fulham, which would be maybe a walkover in February, they're scrapping for their lives at that point. Yeah. So, could that be a factor? Do you think? Oh, very much so. And well, I do it religiously, checking, trying to work out where you're getting the points. Mm. The fixture list is utterly futile, especially mm. in the second half. I mean, no one thought who would City rather have Crystal Palace at home, Leicester away. You know, Newcastle away or Chelsea away, Liverpool away, you know, United at home. So we, obviously, the, f- the first one, uh, well, we lost those three games. It's, hmm. you know, Liverpool have got a great record against the top six generally, but then they draw home to, you know, Leicester and West Ham. It is a factor towards the end of the. I, I mean, I'll be doing it. I'll be thinking, well, if they're going to drop points, it's got to be United Everton. But we all know it just does not work like that. And towards the end of the season, yeah, the games just take on a different complexion. That's the randomness, you know. You may have some teams that have got nothing to fight for, and then, but if you factor in nerves, you know, if it's close as well, with a team fighting for its life, then yeah, anything can happen in those games. But I don't, you know, I think we've reset now. They've won their last game. We are where we are. They are essentially still ahead of us. We'll know after next weekend when we're back to level games played. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's you can't you can't call it. You can't start looking at game. Obviously, obviously, you want the easier games because if you're up for it, even a team with everything to fight for, you'd still beat them. You know, even you know, there's just you've got better players, but when it gets into that last month, you just can't call it at all. You can't call how it's going to go. One bad moment, nerves kick in, you know, frustration if they're not, you know, the crowd get on your back. Yeah, it's, I try not, I've tried to stop looking at fixture lists. Just look at the next, <laughs> look at the next two and that's it. Because it is, it just doesn't work like that. And football would be boring if it did. Because, you know, we'd, no, be, uh, we'd yeah. be able to call the uh, champions right now, wouldn't we? So. Well, I mean, okay, just kind of going against what you're saying there and, and kind of sticking to the point because... I, I I agree that is the case, and you have just as much chance of seeing Liverpool unseated at home to you know let, let's say at home to Huddersfield towards the end of the season. 
Huddersfield by then, you would thoroughly expect to be relegated by that point because yeah. I think it's three games to go. Um, but then, with nothing to play for, who's to say Huddersfield don't turn it on? Um, but the, the two what do stand out for me is Cardiff away and Newcastle away. Yeah. Um, in their last four games, they've got those two, I think, uh, Liverpool. And you would expect them to still be in contention for survival, yeah. um, Cardiff and Newcastle. So, I, I don't know. I, I just think that could ultimately be the deciding factor <coughs> in um, who drops points, who basically faces relegation battling sides, and which of those relegation battling sides really turn it on that day. Um, so, yeah, it, it remains to be seen. But anyway, it was just a point that I've just noticed on Twitter um, the past couple of weeks that Liverpool fans are, which understandably so, because we do the same, but they're simplifying it, in my opinion, and yeah. they're saying, get past these three big challenges and, you know, you would expect maximum points from the rest. Well, you know, we're City fans. We know that does not work. No. I mean, yeah, the first league game, you know, our first title win, Premier League one. Yeah, it lost at Wigan. Uh, yeah. And they give away two goals at home to, to Everton. Uh, yeah, I, I would say just don't look, don't look too far ahead. It's not good for your health. <laughs> just, honestly, don't just look at the next game, whatever tournament it's in, and you know focus on that. It doesn't, it don't, it doesn't help at all. No. Well, on that very note, then let's let's look ahead to Newport. Um, really, because we often discuss team selections on these pods. For me, this is a particularly intriguing one um, because it's not just who might start against Newport. Uh, we have to look at Schalke. We have to look at, at the Carabao Cup final. Um, we have a run now of three league games in, in different competitions, very different challenges. Um, what side Pep picks for this weekend, you would feel, is kind of being part of a triumvirate, really, of team selections. He's thinking, right, okay, I'll pick him for this weekend. I'll rest him for Schalke and the Carabao Cup final. I suspect that the stronger teams will play in the latter two of those trio. Um, and this weekend against Newport, it'll be a weakened side. My question, though, is to what extent will he be prepared to weaken that side? Um, so, yeah, what take us through your team selection. What do you, Who do you think is going to um, start? Oh, I can't give you names because it, it's unpickable. Yeah, it's, yeah, just can't predict it with Pep. I, what I will say is I'm not convinced he will go that week. Don't, I'd, be, I'd be very surprised if he put a selection of youth players into that team. I don't think he will. Yeah, I think he'll still be, you know, first name, first squad member. You know, players that have had plenty of games this season. Now the obvious so, ones so no, are no Jesus. Sorry, uh, no, no Garcia at the back then. No, I'd be, I'd be surprised to be honest. I think he'll still go. He may go physical at the back, so company's still out, isn't he? So yeah, you know, Otamendi may maybe Garcia. I don't know. Foden will play. Jesus yeah. may come in. You know, I think Aguero is surely the obvious drop. Mares needs game time. There's players like that, but I still think one of Sane and Sterling will play. I still think they'll put Gundogan in. One of the Silvers. You know, Zinchenko will play probably. But, you know, just how, you know, how weak is this side? You know, and you might put Danilo on the right maybe for a game because he's not played recently. But it's still a very strong side, I think. 
I, I, I completely agree. The, the really interesting aspect for me, though, is the Fernandinho role. I yeah. don't think he'll play for Inner. Um, I mean, Delph's been ostracised. I don't know where he is. I assume he's fit. Just stick him in. So, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. So, for you, you would like to see Delph start in that holding midfield role? If available, yeah. Yeah. I assume. No, no, I, I, exactly the same. It makes a lot of sense, to be honest. Uh, um, guarantee I, you I, won't. I don't know. I just, you know, it's like, it's things that obviously always never happened do this. So, I don't well, know. It, It'd be a great concern for me if Fernandinho did start. Um, mm. And I can't imagine him playing Gundogan um, in that role. It, you need possibly someone a bit more physical yeah. uh, for a challenge like Newport away. And on that note as well, um, could the pitch be an issue? I'm, I'm reading reports yeah. about how it's kind of, you know, it can't be reseeded until the summer. Uh, it's had a lot of rugby and football played on it. Um Apparently it, it, it runs true. It's it's kind of you know it's it's perfectly playable, um, but it's not in in the best of conditions right now. Um, yeah. Well, you've seen so, it. Have, have you seen it? It's, it doesn't look the best to be honest. And they've had three get home games, I think, since the last cup round. So yeah, yeah, it's an issue because we pass along the the floor. Uh, well, if it's running true, then it's not that big an issue because it's you know it's how the ball rolls in a way. So yeah. yeah. What about the, the risk of injury yeah. and um, and the style of play, really, that we could be looking at? You know, because Newport, you hardly blame them for, for getting into us in there yeah. and playing to their strengths. No, we assume that's what they're going to do, but it doesn't mean they will. I mean, Burton didn't take that approach with us. Yeah, true. Yeah, Rotherham weren't, you know, dirty or over-physical. Uh, so, not necessarily, you know, I don't, let's not assume that they're just going to go through the back of a couple of players to give them a, you know, a... <laughs> A reminder that they're there. Uh, we don't know how they're going to play. We just assume they will, which is entirely plausible because you know their best chance is to unsettle us. Uh, how they yeah. go about that remains to be seen. But that I always think that yeah, I don't think of the pitch first. I always think about when I see a pitch like that or a lower league team. I always think about injuries. That's my first concern. Did you say yeah. with the cup final a week away, are players are they already thinking ahead? Yeah, they've got to focus on this game, but are they thinking ahead already to? Champions League, Wembley, and what lies ahead, and the you know, the Premier League title chase. So yeah, they've got to focus on this game really. Well, is is it frustrating now to have three cup games on the bounce, considering the form they're in, and considering the you know the fact that Pep will have to juggle um, his team selections around now um, and disrupt that? Um, we were like right in the groove, um, and I know of course Champions League's very important and. We've got a cup final, for God's sake. There's nothing to complain about there. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the title's everything for me, personally. Um, I, we can't let Liverpool win this league. So <laughs> a, a couple of cup games, uh, sorry, a couple of league games at this point wouldn't go amiss for me because we are right in the groove right now. So um, is there any frustration there for you? Yeah, there is. I mean, before, before the week from hell, so to speak, the Arsenal and whatnot, it looked quite well placed that you know we we get at least three tough games out of the way and then we'll get some cup respite. Yeah. But now having come through it, you're like even as a fan, I'm thinking, God, we've got momentum here. We need to play in another game right now, and we yeah. know the players think that way. Obviously, no, they just want to play games. They don't want uh, winter breaks and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, Bernardo Silva said so last week. It's like it gets bored if he's not. But he wants to keep playing. 
And yeah, it's probably the worst. After that week, you just want to play again, don't you? But then again, yeah, Liverpool got back on track and yeah, but they have, if they're going to keep winning, it doesn't make much difference. So it is what it is. They've got to, it is mental, it's psychological in a way now that they have to keep that momentum, whatever tournament they're playing in. But it would have been nice to have another league game this weekend, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just staying with uh, Newport, um, just to look on <laughs> on the downside, the worst case scenario, the, the, the kind of apocalyptic option, if you will. How would this fare against the other famous FA Cup upsets? Should Newport um, do us over with, with a sneaky one niller? Um, firstly, can you see that remotely as a possibility? And secondly, should it happen? How will it go down in the annals of the FA Cup? <laughs> oh, it'd be right up there because yeah, yeah. If he put eleven youth players out, it wouldn't be right up there. But he's not going to do that, Pep, is he? He's putting out a multi. You know, he'll put out a team that's worth at least you know a couple hundred million pounds. So it'll be undoubtedly right up there in FA Cup shots. Uh, then we can pretend we're glad to be out of it, so we can focus on <laughs> the other <laughs> tournaments. <laughs> and it was deliberate. Uh, uh, can it happen? I mean, come on, it really shouldn't. But yeah, it's it's your romance of the FA Cup that you've talked about. So yeah, yeah, it's it's just out it's out of City players' comfort zone in a way. They're just not used to playing this, are they? They're not used to. I mean, I'm just looking up Newport thirty three to one to win the game. So right. it, it would be right up there if they won it. It's it's attitude in a way. Obviously, if City come out and play their game. No, they've got no chance, like no chance of winning. But, you know, the longer the game goes on without City scoring and a you know, small, passionate crowd just cheering them on, a bumpy pitch and physical, yeah. Anything can happen in football, but let's be honest, City should win by four or five in second gear. Yeah, in, fo- yeah. in football manager mode, that's what should happen. Yeah, it's just, like you say, if... If there are no goals in the opening kind of twenty minutes, and then the crowd start to believe, and you just don't know because you know it can come down to a set piece or a deflection or a moment of magic from an individual, and there's nothing you can do about that. That doesn't matter how great a team you are, doesn't matter what disparity is between yourselves and your opponents. Um, that's a great level of football, isn't it? So yeah, and um, they're not they're not performing in the cup like they perform in the league so again you know it's just like this competition sometimes just brings it out of yeah. teams uh, I don't know yeah I'm pretty sure they're well they're 15th in the league in league 2 so you know that's how good a football side they are uh, yeah, they lost yeah. at home to MK Dons during the week but then they go and beat much you know better teams in the cup and they score worldies you know the knocking it in from 25 yards so you know there's a randomness to it in a way uh, but you know on paper stats and whatnot, they'd be beaten comprehensively by any team we put out yeah you think and there is a, a plus side as well of course that if you're playing someone like Middlesbrough for example if Middlesbrough had got through that tie then if you're a goal to the good then the game's not over by any stretch of the imagination yeah. um, whereas you, you do feel that if City take the lead um, you know there'll be a, a kind of feeling amongst the crowd of you know the game's get, the game's gone now. Let's just enjoy the day. Let's just in, celebrate our achievement getting this far. Yeah. Um, perhaps not one nil, but certainly you know kind of 
um, should City kind of take advantage, um, you, you think they that they would that that's going to be a factor um, as opposed to against you know a team who was going to keep coming back at you. Um, so that might play into it anyway. Hopefully, you know I know it's a cliche, but it does show the importance of scoring first um, and scoring early, ideally yeah. as well, yeah. just to kind of change the whole kind of mentality of the crowd uh, and and the ground itself, just to kind of you know, okay, let's just celebrate today. Let's just sit back and watch these superstars, and um, and and it ceases to be a contest. Then I mean, we're going to absolutely dominate possession, surely. You so think it's so? Get, you know, yeah. If if we see if we try and work out how it turns out into a victory for them, it's basically heroic defending, bad misses, penalty calls not given, woodwork mm. being hit. You know all those things that get, you know that bring you to these big shots. Uh, a lot of things would have to go wrong in succession, and then they just head one in from a corner or whatever. So. Yeah. But with that much possession, you should be tearing a team like that apart. So. Well, yeah, I, I like your positivity and understanding. Well, no, I'm saying you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound like you, that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, just staying positive, though, um, for the next question, which is should City progress past Newport? Um, it's looking pretty good, isn't it? That, that yeah. In terms of you've got uh, United and Chelsea as pretty much the only intimidating matchup left. Uh, further along the line and they're playing each other so you'll have one big top six side left in the tournament as well as City um, at the quarterfinal stage could could a cup run be on the cards here could a cup final appearance be on the cards well it should be yeah because yeah. you know unless you get one of those two so who are the yeah you've got your Brightons your Wolves Crystal Palaces uh, yeah Bacon. Crystal City's below now and you know capable yeah, um, but well, again, they were, yeah, they were tough, tough enough not to crack uh, the other year in the caravan. Yeah, uh, they can beat you on their ground, or well, Crystal Palace can beat them on our ground. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you're overwhelming favourites for all of those games. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's 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 very bizarre. I mean, the, in a way, you've got different reasons. There's still, yeah, you know, Liverpool put out a weakened side. Uh, some side, yeah, you know, a lot of got other things to focus on, and the, the draws are just keep bringing big teams, you know, together, but not City. So yeah, I've never seen a weakest is probably the probably a yeah derog- a bit too derogatory, but yeah, you know, that I've never seen so few of the top six, seven, eight teams yeah. left at yeah. you know at this early stage of a cup competition. Because you know, what are we last sixteen? Uh, you'd expect four minimum of the top six to still be in the competition, but we'll get yeah, to and the finals and it'll six. be two maximum. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, if not the top six, you'd expect like an Everton to be in there, or, or just you know one of those teams where you think I, you know, I'd rather not get faced with them away yeah. from home. But um, yeah, it pretty much is just Chelsea and United. And frankly, um, I wouldn't say no to a derby, um, you know, a cup derby yeah. semi final. It's it's you know happened before and it turned out rather well for us. So oh, don't need um, stress. But. Yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, but, I mean, even like teams like Bright, Brighton are in it, aren't they? But they've they you know we've talked about them on the the League Matters show. They're plummeting down the table. Don't think they'll be taking the FA Cup very seriously now. So there's another one that would be striking. Yeah, Wolves can because they're in that zone where 
They're not going to. And they are, which, to their credit, they are. Yeah. You know, that, that's impressed me that they, they're playing a strong team. But Crystal Palace aren't safe yet. So are these teams going to be playing, putting weakened teams out again? And it gets even weaker then. Uh, again, you've got no, Chelsea I mean, fighting for the top four and United fighting for the top four. Then, you know, how do, there's a lot of teams here like got other things to worry about. Obviously, City have as well, but. Pep is taking stuff seriously in all competitions. We've seen that. So, well, uh, that's a lesson. Hopefully, that other teams will learn from this this year's FA Cup. That Palace and Wolves, yes, they have dropped, you know, one or two big names, but predominantly they've they've stuck with quite a strong lineup. Yeah. Um, and look where they are. They're, they're still in the tournament. So, hopefully, other teams will uh, will learn from that. They won't, but <laughs> they won't. Know, yeah. be, but they be nice if they did. Yeah, yeah they should. So let's wrap up then with a bit of nostalgia, a bit of reminiscence about the romance of the cup. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if I go a bit Ron manager here, but you know I do love the FA Cup, same as everyone, I guess. Um, what is your favourite Manchester City FA Cup memory? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, there isn't that many. Uh, I know you'll talk about child later, and I've talked about it in the past, so I'll skip that. Leave it to you. I say the FA Cup memories as a child was just the FA Cup itself and the final day. Right. So, but I'll leave yeah. that to you because I think you are you going to mention that? The, I'm gonna yeah. When we go to a non-city memory, I'm gonna yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. Uh, it, it all revolves around uh, 2011. It has to revolve around that. Yeah. And it's hard to pick which one. The point where, where are the do you say mo- it's a memory? So, is a memory a moment or a day? <laughs> is, is it a one set moment? Yeah, that is far too deep a question with the sun burning into my face. <laughs> well, obviously, United semi final. The, the moment the goal went in, the full time whistle, skulls being sent off as a yeah. little, uh, little uh, cherry on the icing on the cake. There, uh, that day, the final itself. I think just the full time whistle. Yeah, that final day. I know United was huge, but the moment that full time whistle goes and we've won a trophy, is mm. is a memory just etched into my brain because that was it. It was the turning moment in our a big. Obviously, the takeover was the big turn. <laughs> the moment our history changed, but that that was everything. Beating United on the way and getting that first trophy was a key moment in this club's history, and just yeah, just amazing. Listening to a bye with me going to Wembley seems boring going to Wembley now, but you know at the time, <laughs> and we're there, we'd won it. Uh, that's the moment for me. That full time whistle, it, well, if not I mean, the goals yeah. itself, you know when we beat United or Stoke, or the days itself, because that day against United was ridiculous. I mean there were people with alcohol poisoning by three p.m. I don't yeah. don't know how they got in the crowd. To be honest, the whole day was just unbelievably brilliant. That United semi final. That, I think the semi-final trumps the final for me, but yeah. I kind of when I when I posed a question, I just went with the first thing that came into my head, um, and the first thing that came into my head was the late equaliser against Blackpool in nineteen eighty eight. Um, you know that scrambled, horrendously untidy goal, yeah. um, where basically there's all twenty two players in the penalty area uh, in the eighty ninth minute <laughs> yeah. or ninetieth minute. Um, on that particular day, I had a tonsillitis, sort of flu or something, but I couldn't go. I had to give my ticket away, and, and my brother went. And it was one of the very few times where I listened to a game on the radio. Um, and I I don't know how old I was, 12 maybe. Um, 
But just that hearing that goal because it went on and on, didn't it? It was like you know a ricochet mm. here. It went you know it, it it lasted for about a good ten seconds in real time, and hearing that goal on the radio, um, and then the, the octaves you know rise as a, as the uh, commentator kind of announces that it's a goal and an equaliser. We were still in the cup. We were still in the hat, um, and I went crazy. Um, Which so, one yeah, was that? I just, Sorry. Uh, against Blackpool in 88 yeah, so, yeah, was it 88 yeah yeah so it is uh, I think was it Lakey I, I wasn't sure yeah I think, I, it, I think yeah, pretty damn sure that everyone I mean you just it's the that YouTube clip isn't it you can't yeah. tell any, you couldn't pick you can't, a, you can't pick a player out, out of that but the it was I'm pretty it, sure it was sure Lakey yeah. Yeah, yeah to be fair yeah but yeah just hitting it on the radio and just going absolutely crazy and um, because it just meant so much to still be in the draw. Yeah. For and, and that was, you know, again, at the risk of being a bit wrong manager, those were the days where it was a Monday lunchtime, um, you know, draw for the next round. Um, so you'd be in school and then you'd, you know, find out at lunchtime. And, um, yeah, heady salad days indeed. Yeah, and that's, but, yeah go on, sorry. I have, I have thought of a couple more away from 2000, but you go first. Oh, no, I was going to move on to non-City. Uh, uh, what do you no, want? Well, no, City ones. That, I mean, there is more. Obviously, our record before 2011 is not, it's not <laughs> yeah, the greatest. Terrible. But I was at Villa Park when Micah Richards scored that last-minute header. Yes. And that was, yeah. that was an amazing moment. Because outplay- I think it was Barros that scored for them. And we'd outplayed them for 90 minutes. And it was like, oh, typical City ever. You know, and obviously, he swore on the camera afterwards, which I missed. Uh, yeah. I remember having the worst burger in my life at that ground that night. But that moment, yeah, that's when you go forward three rows and you know and shatter yeah, yeah. two bones in your leg and you don't care. It was just yeah. amazing. Uh, and I didn't go to the Spurs four three. So, but listening to it on the radio, I listened to that on the radio, and I'm pretty sure they had a special match of the day that night that wasn't scheduled really just to show them the highlights yeah god i didn't know that but we already knew by then that we've got you know the winners have got united the next round so i wasn't my excitement was tempered by the thought well well we're not we're not surviving long <laughs> anyway but just listening to that on the radio was just you know ridiculous but obviously even better if you were there and and even better if you didn't leave at half time as well so yeah well actually just you mentioning that brought to mind the spurs game um was it 93 uh, when yeah. Terry Phelan got the uh, incredible solo effort, but you know, obviously we're all hope had gone at that point, and that was the, I think that was a quarter final. Um, I watched that at home because I remember watching Alan Hansen saying before the game, you know, this is City's year. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but that goal was, you know, that was peak kind of swales out kind of time, wasn't it? And yeah. a lot of disharmony at the club, um, and and a lot of ill feeling, and and it just all bubbled over uh, when feeling you know just what a goal that was just yeah, get his yeah. head down and just went didn't he and, and you actually do think why don't more players do that mm. yeah I, I, as, as ridiculous and as childish as this sounds I, I, I often think why doesn't a, a, a player just try that kick off sometime no one's going to be expecting it just a kick off just go just charge just take him on <laughs> It's but, true. And yeah. Phelan did that. He actually just did that, didn't he? He just went right at their, the heart of their defence yeah. and they didn't know what the hell to do because footballers don't do that. No, they back <laughs> off, don't they, always? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But you know, ultimately, you just remind me of disappointments more than anything with that result. And Yeah. Yeah, we could go on for hours about FA Cup bad memories, couldn't we? So. Well, for a non-City uh, FA Cup memory, 
Um, I, I don't know. I couldn't really get away from remembering the finals from my childhood. Yeah. Um, and of course, one of them was you know City and reveal a goal and all the rest of it. Because at that age, I was kind of a half City fan. I wasn't, you know, I was very young, so yeah. I wasn't. That didn't actually support any t- team at that point. Um, so that's a vivid memory because that's pretty much the first FA Cup final I remember. But for me, my favourite non-City memory in the FA Cup has to be Keith Houchins' diving header yeah. against Spurs in '87 because that was the peak time of like late '80s where everything was. You know, the whole day was based around that FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, you had Satan Greavesy interviewing. <laughs> You know, completely non-football related celebrities like Lisa Goddard outside Wembley before the cup final. Um, you, you had the camera, you had the helicopters yeah. following the, the coach. Um, you had the camera on the coach itself interviewing the players as they played cards. Um, afterwards, you'd stay in your pajamas all day. I am totally going wrong, manager here, but or full city kit, yeah, or full city kit, and, and you stay in it, in it all day. And then afterwards, you go out and recreate the goals. Um, you know, in the street, which was problematic in '87 because <laughs> Houchins was a diving header, yeah. So probably still got the bruises to this day, but yeah, that was the one where, yeah, it, FA Cup finals were very, very special. And and weirdly, and this is sacrilege, I know, and this is going to get me disbarred from this pod forever. But it's not certainly not a favourite FA Cup memory. But I know, Careful I know. I'm, now. <laughs> I'm going there. I'm going. I'm going there. Mate. Honestly, I, I'm regretting it already, but. Norman Whiteside's goal against Everton in 85. The only reason I bring it up was because I was 11. Football doesn't matter more in your rest of your life than when you were yeah. 11 years old. So despite it being United, the fact that it was such a great goal in extra time in an FA Cup final and you were 11 years old, I certainly didn't celebrate it, but it was like, yeah. wow, that. you know, it stays with you. More important because he hit the goalkeeper's bag in the back of the net. Yes, yeah, and so did, um, was it? Uh, rushes as well against in eighty six. I think it's a year later against Everton. Well, for that, it goes way up the rankings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because Rush rounded the keeper, didn't he? And it, and it kind of hit the. Uh, or, or no, actually, Rushes wasn't the, uh, the goalkeeper's bag, was it? It was just a little one of his little cameras yeah. behind the goal. I don't know what was in there. Probably some, some toiletries, a razor, an, o- <laughs> an overnight stay bag. <laughs> just, I don't know. Yeah. A sponsorship deal. Like <laughs> yeah, they say they weren't savvy enough. He should have had a sponsorship on a sponsor on there. <laughs> Alan Wilkes Tire Centre from yeah, yeah Wallace. Got the second hand Renault. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. So well, uh, what is um? So what's your non-city? I think up memory. Yeah, I mean we've covered the childhood bit. Yeah, to death it was. Yeah, well, I have from previous stuff and writing, uh, but yeah, it was just such a huge deal. And the road to Wembley as well was interesting. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm getting off the coach and moustaches, and yeah, it was also <laughs> simpler times. Uh, now, I'll be honest when you when I saw it in your notes, uh, I just sat there looking out the windows. I think some tumbleweed just <laughs> just blew <laughs> across my inside my brain. I couldn't think of a single thing. It's all I don't really have. Yeah, when you get away from childhood, uh, I don't have many obvious things that came to mind about other teams. But when I did think, give more thought, that eighty-seven, eighty-eight period, yeah, like, you know, the use of Coventry, uh, and then Wimbledon beating Liverpool the year after was, yeah, of course, hilarious. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't hate Liverpool, but you, yeah, you know, the underdog story, 
And I said off air to you, the more I read about Wimbledon and the crazy gang, the more I've hate them since. <laughs> it just I think they invented banter and I just despise everything about Vinnie Jones and that lot and stuff. But you know, that was yeah. that was an ama- it was still an amazing achievement what they did and to beat Liverpool like that. Uh, but I went onto Twitter instead to ask people. Uh, I expected about two replies and I've got about three hundred here. So right. I would just very quickly just pick things out. Uh, Andy Nell says, Roger Osborne, Scott, well, testing your memory with some of these, testing mine anyway. Roger Osborne scoring for Ipswich versus Arsenal, it was the first FA Cup final he watched live at Wembley. Now, I don't right. think I've never been live to a game until 2011. Yeah, that's the first time he actually went in the ground since the playoff final. So, uh, oh, yeah. apart England Croatia in 2006, which definitely doesn't count. Uh, Alan Sunderland, uh, Wimbledon gets a me- uh, mention again from Nile East. Which apparently was a, a poor game. Yeah. I, it's before my time, but I've heard that that was a poor game and it just went absolutely crazy in the last five minutes. All right. Alfie Flowers says Trevor Brookinghead versus Arsenal in the 80 final. Uh, Philip Dean, Sunderland. Yeah, you remember. Sunderland, yeah. as in the player, I assume, not the team. Dennis Stewart, Dave Watson, beaten Leeds. Coventry comes up. Carl F. Carlinski, West Ham versus Arsenal, 1980. First FA Cup final, can you remember watching on the telly? See, I just yeah. I don't remember my childhood. Like, I can't pinpoint my first game, let alone what the first thing I remember is getting relegated in '83. To be honest, really? Raid. Yeah, I just I don't have a memory before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, my only memory early is my first day at school and a girl wetting herself in the middle of the class. <laughs> Amazing. And there's a gap to see you getting relegated when <laughs> when I'm nine. <laughs> God knows what happened in the five years between. Simon Curtis is, of course, a wealth of uh, nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, he's brilliant memories. Porterfield, exclamation mark, 1-0. Southampton beat United, 76 Bobby Stokes. Hereford against Newcastle, of course. That's that scream of a goal, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Wimbledon against Leeds. Tons semi-finals at Villa Park in Hillsborough. We've got Paul Power, of course, against Everton, which I saw on YouTube today. Yeah, just when you oh, see the crowd that, going mental, that's it. That's it? what that. Yeah, that's that again. That's before my time, yeah. and yet I, you know, my brothers told me about it and stuff. And that, yeah, that would be a real treasured one yeah. for me. That yeah, Bobby Stokes and Alan Sunderland get plenty of mentioned. Uh, uh, yeah, Alan Sunderland again. So uh, I assume that's against United when they equalised, and then City went. Uh, uh, City, yeah, when then they went straight back behind again. And, and Dakeb says second division Sunderland beat holders Leeds 1-0 at Wembley in 73 which has one of the most memorable saves apparently by Jim at Montgomery so yeah, he's put a link in there if you want to save. look at the uh, the highlights uh, so yeah tons of memories coming in uh, even though I could only think of about two but yeah I do remember a lot of these now that people mention them but the thing about anything 70s there's a lot of 70s in here you know it's just too early for me I was born 74 so uh, even though I've seen a lot of this stuff on YouTube, I can't call it a memory in a way. Uh, but Stephen Thompson talks about Keith Houch and Diving Header as well. So, uh, and Coventry come up quite a lot. So there you Do go. You think, Tons um, there if you want to look at my replies on FA Cup memories. So. It's, it's what is a shame is that when you look back over the last fifteen years, I well personally, I, I really struggle to to name who won what in what year. Yeah. Um, and and you know it always seems to be Chelsea, Arsenal, United, really. Um, but they just merge to one, don't they? They're not kind of distinct from one another. 
Um, and I don't know if that's just because I'm older now and, <laughs> you know, kickoff times at half past five, which is just unforgivable for an FA Cup yeah. final to be, to play, be played at half past five. Um, when City played Stoke, United won the league earlier that yeah, day. Blackburn, yeah. Yeah, just, oh, I mean... Yeah, every everyone in football bemoans the fact that um, the FA Cup has lost its luster, and then it's treated like that. So that's you know that is very much connected, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, as you probably agree, it still holds. You know, it's still it's the oldest cup competition in the world, and it still holds that that glamour for me. And when you go out, you know, when we were rubbish, it hurt a lot. And when we were good, it hurts a lot. Always that moment when you go out the cup. Which is kind, oh, of, yeah, it's yeah. kind of kind of why the last minute equaliser is so important because it's like we're still in that draw, we're in that draw. You know, it doesn't matter. We now have to go away to Arsenal in a replay. We're in, exactly. we're in that draw when they make it. Our numbers in there, and that's all that matters, isn't it? Long as you're I, in, I it, as long as you're the, in it. Well, I always remember um, Watson's goal um, against Wigan, and ninety nine percent of me was absolutely distraught. And yet there was that 1% which was kind of went outside of my city supporting self and recognised the fact that, you know, Wigan Athletic had just won the FA Cup yeah. in the last minute. And, and that's like the power of the FA Cup, isn't it? That's, you know, it, hopefully, let's not let's not uh, experience that again at Newport where 1% of things, yeah. oh, Newport have just had an incredible result in the FA Cup. I'd rather they didn't, yeah. frankly. Um, but yeah, that, that, that power of the Cup... Yeah, it will always remain. Yeah. It'll just be diminished by commerciality. Yeah. That's, uh, what can you do when you've got no point throwing Champions League qualification into it or throwing more money at it when you've got teams who just, you know, went staying in your league or getting into the top four. Every every other, you know, every team's got something else that is a priority oh, yeah, yeah. in the way. Yeah. The and, and then, you know, this weekend you're going to see kind of, you know, welcome to QPR v Watford on a Friday evening. Um, and we'll bore you stupid by going on about the magic of cup for the next hour and a half. Yeah, it's Friday evening. You know what I mean? It's it's these are the people who are responsible. And it's um, the one on Monday as well. And yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> rather yeah. small. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. So oh, well, it's Chelsea into United, but uh, yeah, and you know the draw beforehand will it on the one show with fans all yeah. shaking hands on the camera. Oh, what is that about? Oh, what? oh my God. <laughs> I watch it now in. with the sound off. Uh, yeah. And I even turn the brightness down just so I can just see the team. Honestly, it's just... Uh, uh, I mean, these are not real. Yeah. That, something like that is obviously not the real reason. The, the cup is not diminished by when you have the draw. But yeah, you said it used to be... If you just had it on the radio and I could listen to it, it would be so much better, wouldn't it? Those were, um, yeah, generally exciting days, weren't they? Just you know, remembering your number and yeah. when it was come out. Oh. Anyway, yeah, I am going to run manager again. So let's wrap this up by uh, thanking you, Howard, for yeah, today. Pleasure as always. Enjoyed that. And thank you for listening in, everyone. Uh, there's plenty more content across the 9320 podcast. Um, just look out for us. And um, let's hope we don't go down in the annals of FA Cup history this weekend. Uh, You've got me nervous now. And on that note, up the blues, very much up the blues. All right.